0344-499-1000 is my number. Right, we now go to Mexico. John Bonfiglia, Talk Radio's Latin American correspondent, joins me now. John, good morning to you. Good morning, good morning. So thank you very much indeed for joining us once again. So, um, look, every so often we, we forget that um, there are places all around the world and we're all dealing with this pandemic in slightly different ways. Uh, just what's the latest from, from where you are? Really here, the question is, uh, I mean, we see vaccines being rolled out across the UK and, and the US and other countries. And really regionally here, the question is, where are all the vaccines? Essentially, there's either a complete absence of or a glacial intermittent flow of vaccines across the region to the extent that Mexico, just to give you one example, has enrolled in a Cuban trial in order to just get some um, some vaccines across the water. And just a couple of days ago in a virtual summit between uh, Andres Manuel López Obrador, the Mexican president and President Biden of the U.S., actually issued a remarkable request to Biden to actually share some of his uh, vaccine stock with uh, with Mexico, which was flatly rejected. So essentially, nobody here is really thinking that this is is going to go away anytime soon. And of course, with the worry about ongoing variants in particular, I guess, in the UK, you know, with this Brazil P1 variant that uh, that's reached there, it doesn't really matter if one country gets vaccinated to the hilt because the variants are going to keep producing themselves elsewhere, causing international problems as we move move forward through this thing. Um, let's just talk a little bit about that Brazilian um, variant. How um, uh, widespread is it? And, and in terms of cases, how widespread are they where you are? So um, towards the north of Latin America, it's really not widespread uh, at all. But if you go down into the Brazilian region in particular, which is where this came from and the surrounds, it's highly prevalent and is causing massive damage and, and destruction. This variant, uh, well, actually both variants, but the most worrying variant which has you know which is linked to increased uh, infection rates and also increased mortality and crucially which has evaded up to 61 percent of of what should have been immunity amongst people who've been previously infected in other words it has a very high reinfection rate um, has um, it, it emerged in the northern brazilian city of of manaus which struggled massively through a first wave a few months ago, which led to, to burials in mass graves and so on. But now uh, down there, there are oxygen shortages. There are premature babies being flown out of the of the region because there is no oxygen uh, in situ and so on. And essentially, it's a it's I mean, not only is it a disaster area, but it's also been declared by the authorities to be a disaster area. So I think certainly as regards this variant, um, it's certainly something which is which has had huge impact in in northern Brazil. You talk about um, the vaccines and the lack of vaccines. Are people also talking about the efficacy of those vaccines as and when they get them on the basis that uh, the UK in particular, but also we've seen in other countries and Israel, I, I note, uh, has right been right at the top of the list in terms of uh, getting a rollout and also getting results which demonstrate how effective the vaccines are, not only at preventing uh, the spread, uh, but also hospitalizations and, uh, of course, death. So uh, this news must make people even keener to see the vaccines rolled out. Absolutely. But then you, you, you marry that to a mass regional distrust in government and governmental authorities. And people, as ever here, are kind of lost as to, as to know quite what to believe. It is also important to say, I think, that regionally in Latin America, um, the perspective of 
COVID is not that it's a, you know, a, um, a, a viral threat or a disease which has changed everybody's way of life. I mean, it certainly has to, to a large extent. But essentially, the region is well-versed and well-accustomed to dealing with, with disease and natural disaster uh, and civil incursion and so on. So, so really, COVID is another one in a long list of things which people normally expect rather than something which has you know, come out completely from, uh, from the blue. So people are also fairly, I mean, even you know, in moments of great economic hardship or when they're losing loved ones, are still relatively phlegmatic about the fact that you know, this is the narrative arc of their lives. It's not as though something has just appeared you know, from the stratosphere to, to dis- disturb everything because everything was already insecure anyway. We talk about those insecurities, but one of the things which has been uh, very prevalent is the flow of people and therefore money as a result of tourism. Clearly, if the vaccine rollout is not taking place, tourism isn't coming back anytime soon. How much of an impact will that have? Oh, absolutely huge. I mean, I think in in Latin America, which, you know, you can see even with the vaccine rollout, you know, doesn't have the economic wherewithal to massively test, to, to buy vaccine stocks and so on. When you've got that kind of, of um, economic infrastructure, which is, which is lacking or which is sorely under, <clears throat> excuse me, which is sorely underdeveloped, that means that any economic hit that is taken really hits hard and, and hits deep. And when you've got something, you know, so fundamental like tourism, which brings in um, hard currency, foreign dollars and so on, and keeps lots of communities uh, sustaining themselves when something like that is completely removed. I mean, in a Cuban context, 60% of tourism um, has has reduced over the course of of the last year. In a country which really um, which really uses tourism necessarily to just survive. I mean, not even to make money, but just to, you know to get through the day. When something like that takes place, then the economic ramifications of uh, of what's taken place with COVID and what will continue to take place with COVID are going to reach long, long on into the future with everything that that, you know, with everything that that means in terms of civil insecurity, you know, crime, welfare, um, education and so on. So you talk about uh, the interruptions and the fact that this is just one in a long line of um, uh, whether it's diseases or infections or viruses or whatever it may be. That having been said, the impact upon our lives has really been quite significant. A lot of people working from home still. Uh, we still have many of our um, you know, hospitality. That's all closed. Shops closed, all that sort of business. What sort of daily interruptions in your lives do you have? What's closed? What's open? And are people working from home? Yeah, I, th- I think it varies um, regionally. I mean, you, you know, you've obviously got major international cities like uh, like Buenos Aires and, and Rio de Janeiro and, and Mexico City and so on. And then you've got huge rural economies with, you know, some of the most rural um, distant spaces in the world in, in the Amazon, for instance. So there's no, you know, one catch fits all system across across the region. Has there been an evolution uh, across human behavior? For sure. I mean, uh, definitely, you know, the online marketplaces has, has shifted uh, significantly numbers in public, I think, are down. I mean, certainly what I've observed here recently is that there's a much more of a springing forth of micro economies. So maybe there's fewer people going into the center of cities and into uh, supermarkets and big shopping centers. And there's more little pop up stores happening on on street corners and so on, essentially where there's, you know, where there's a little bit more space and and security. So does normal in inverted commas life feel like it did before the pandemic? Um, Certainly not. But it, it doesn't feel like it's something completely different. It feels as though it's you know, a series of shades 
different and distinct and, and an evolution based along that rather than a complete implosion of that previously normal life. It's certainly going to be interesting to see how all of this pans out. And I'm sure that we will uh, be speaking again uh, to you, John. Thank you so much for joining us and bringing us up to date with what's happening in Mexico. Uh, That's John Bonfiglia, who is Talk Radio's Latin American correspondent there in Mexico for us.